Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of UGA Sports Live. My name is Roddy DeBolsey. I am joined by Dane Young over at the Grady School of Journalism. And from his uh, palatial uh, studio downstairs at the Donnan Chateau, we have uh, former Georgia Bulldogs head coach Jim Donnan joining us. Uh, the reason you were all tuned in and the reason I like doing the show, because I like to um, pick over Jim Donnan's mind, ask him questions. He gives us great insight. Uh, we'll give a shout out to all the people who he ran into this past week. He said that they enjoy the show, even Miss Tanner. So shout out to her and uh, the Tanners. We're trying to get Russ Tanner on to do a different show called Hogs and Dogs. If he'd ever return my phone calls, we can get him on here to talk barbecue. So um, he can do that. <laughs> he can cook it too. So, uh, uh, Coach, we've been doing this series at UGA Sports. Anthony Dash has been working, and each day we have something we learn from spring practice. Like today, we talked about Austin Blasky. We've talked about uh, Ernest Green. We've talked about uh, Tech Smith. We've turned up basically just kind of looking at one guy, what we learned in the multiple weeks of practice about them, what we saw in G Day, stuff like that. And I don't want to go through every one of them, but I would like for you and Dane, I'm going to present both of you with this uh, challenge, if you will. I'd like to know one thing on offense and one thing on defense that you think we learned this spring. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that happens prior to spring that you're privy to that we're not uh, just because, you know, you know more people and you hear more than we do. But something that popped up in spring that kind of caught your attention that, you know, we, we did a whole bunch of previews leading into spring practice. Now we're going to talk a little bit about it afterwards. This is only you know, about 10 days removed from the G-Day game. Just give me one thing on offense and one thing on defense that, you know, we didn't. Go ahead, Dane. Go ahead. I don't want to take your thunder because I might say what you say because I'll just play off you. So I'm sure you've got some general manager takes here. So go ahead. Hi, right, Dane. I always look at the new guys. So on offense, I think we learned that Dominic Lovett is in play to be a playmaker for Georgia. I think we knew what we saw at Missouri, that he had that ability. But just – he seemed very seamless in what we saw with G day. I'm excited to see him potentially returning kicks because I think that's an area that Georgia has uh, been able, there's room to improve on kick and punt return for Georgia in terms of explosive plays. So the combination of offense and just skill with him on special teams. And on defense. On defense. I, I think that Georgia's probably lucky that, you know, Bear Alexander's departure, the fact that you look over there and you see Stackhouse and Logue, it seems like every time that Georgia has something happen roster management-wise, there's just the, the older guys that have been in the program for three or four years. And I think Georgia's pretty lucky in that spot on the defensive line. So I, I guess what I learned is that Georgia's deeper on defensive line than I thought it was. But that's a good one. It's like, what did we learn? We learned Bear Alexander is not going to be a, a member of the program any longer. Uh, for folks that weren't that you know maybe didn't see Twitter the past few days, Bear Alexander has committed to play at USC. Um, no shock there. When we heard he was going into the portal, we uh, the rumors immediately came out that it was USC <clears throat> and Texas that he was looking at, and he's going to go play for Lincoln Riley. It was very interesting that he said uh, when he asked why he left UGA, he says, "I'm not a third down guy. I'm a first and second down guy as well. I can play all three downs." And they kind of had me as a pass rush specialist, and it's Lincoln Riley. And talked about himself in the third person a little bit, and I kind of rolled my eyes. But I'm like, if to, to your point, Dane, if you're Bear Alexander, you know, a five star guy, and you're complaining that you're you're not getting enough snaps, then that means Georgia's pretty damn good. So, well, the natural reaction from Georgia, he'll, he'll get a lot of snaps on that USC defense. He'll be out there a lot. Uh, <laughs> they can't stop anything. Uh, so, uh, as far as 
Your defense, Dane, keep going there. Well, just uh, one note on Bayer. The natural reaction, I think, for Georgia fans is to say, "Well, how does Georgia lose a guy like that? How does this happen? NIL, yada yada, all this stuff." I, I hear it. What I tell you is, I think Georgia's pretty lucky that that's all it lost because more poaching has been been happening. A lot of people get their heels nipped this time of year after spring ball, after the meetings, and you see a little bit of movement of guys moving out to try to go get playing time. But there's a lot more guys that had some enticing, at least avenues to go, and they decided to stick with Georgia. Maybe I'm being an optimist. but To your point, I mean, you were just mentioning uh, Dominic Lovett, you know, Rara Thomas from uh, uh, Mississippi State. That's two of uh, the Mississippi State, one of Mississippi's best players, Missouri's best wide receiver, or maybe second best wide receiver after Luther, and they'll be playing against those teams, you know. So it's it, it's as frustrating as it is for Georgia fans to see you know you lose a player somewhere else. Hell, at least you didn't lose him in the same division like uh, Missouri did. You know, you saw him have a great, Dominic Love have a great game against Georgia. Now all of a sudden he's torching you when Georgia and Missouri face off. So. It's, it's just the new age. You can get frustrated by it. You can be annoyed by it. But I can tell you it's uh, – I'm not going to say it's addition by subtraction, but that feels like a Brendan Cox situation. You lose a talented player, but I think your locker room is better for it. Yeah, in the case of Brendan Cox, he didn't have a choice. Uh, <laughs> very true. <laughs> and in the case of – So maybe, so maybe a bad uh, analysis there. In the case of Bear, you know, a guy's been three different high schools. Uh, you know, he's had a lot of different – uh, changeovers and you know he, he's he's a good player but uh i don't think uh i mean i know there's not a lot of misery over there among our players or coaches or staff that he left so mm-hmm. uh, we'll see how that goes but as far as uh, what i've learned uh from the standpoint of defense I, I just think uh maybe not a dominant player there at corner to take over for ringo but a lot of good players there to Maybe uh, uh, one of them will surface, but there, there's good enough depth there that they'll make each other better. So, uh, and, and the move of Bullard to safety was just a brilliant tactical move to en- enhance our defense because it takes advantage of his ability to sniff out plays, uh, play the ball in the air, as compared to having playing man coverage on the slot, like where he has some issues. So, uh, with uh, Taiki there and Aguero coming up at star, I think our secondary will be much improved. So that was the one thing that I got out of the spring practice, particularly watching them go against our receivers and compete one-on-one. One thing about them, they do have a tendency to play the play, play the route because they see it every day. So you got to be careful about when they play another team about being a little bit too aggressive sometime, but, uh, that's just been an age-old problem for every team going against their own defense. They know the plays, and they know, you know, they play. They even look over there and know the signal sometimes. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, offensively, uh, I, I think the the biggest issue for me that really made me feel pretty good was the way Green uh, on the run blocking really has matured. Uh, there's not going to be a drop off there, uh, and Blasky certainly gives them another guy there too one of those two is going to be really good at that position so that was a real question mark who's going to be the left tackle I think we got a good answer there with both those guys and uh, I could go on and on uh, all the way feel free but I'm you asked me one thing but I don't want to dash or anything to write about so uh, (laughs) 
No, I think he does. He does a good job on that. Uh, you know, I enjoy reading his take on it. But uh, realistically, uh, our team has just got to. A lot of things got to happen between now and fall camp. Stay eligible. Don't get injured. Uh, you know, we got a significant injury there to uh, our back. Uh, you know, uh, he, he's going to be out uh, for a pretty good time. I don't even know if he'll be ready for the season. I mean, that, that's a tough injury. So uh, hopefully, he's he'll get, my Branson Robinson. Yeah, hopefully, he'll get better quickly. And then, of course, Munden. But uh, just amazing to me to see a guy that was not in our two deep starting for Alabama at linebacker and a guy that uh, I'm happy for Ryan Davis going to Central Florida. He's going to be playing close to home. He's from Apopka, Florida, which is right there in near Orlando. And I've spent many a night there in Apopka uh, recruiting guys going back all the way to Oklahoma and Missouri and Kept a kid uh, at the bowling alley one night uh, to keep him away from uh, Alabama trying to see him the next day. So it was a good deal. Uh, I enjoyed that uh, little intrigue there in Apopka. Just, uh, what was uh, the name of the bowling alley? What's that? What was the name of the bowling alley? I don't know. Something Lanes. I'm not sure. <laughs> was it Apopka Lanes? Uh, <laughs> like that guy said, he bowled a 300 one time, but nobody saw him there. But uh, it was. Uh, it was kind of cool. I had the uh, the guidance counselor uh, stay with him that night and then brought him over there to uh, his house that next morning, and we signed him. It was a really good intrigue deal. It's one of those deals that you love, love it if you're on the right side of it. You're really mad if you're on the wrong side of it. Like I was at McDonald's that time, and and when Randy Shannon, I thought I was going to get him. And uh, next morning when he woke up, uh, there was Howard Snellenberg picking him up and taking him to McDonald's to sign. So uh, oh, wow. that was a pretty good lick by them. They signed him and that good back. And a lot of those guys on that national championship team they had at, at uh, Miami. Yeah, I was thinking of uh, you, you point out guys that left Georgia playing elsewhere. I saw MJ Sherman was apparently doing pretty good at uh, Nebraska. And uh, uh, that was MJ saying that. What did Nebraska say about it? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. He said he, he said he had the most fun he's ever had. I'm like, I bet it was in a spring. I'm like, I bet it was fun spring because you weren't busting your head against the Georgia offensive line all week. Those are all camp. That's oh, probably a lot more fun. Play there, and uh, I noticed that they had Frank Solich back. The you know try to mend the fences that when they fired him when he was like nine and two, and then they never did very good for like ten years, but. Yeah, he was standing on the sideline over there with uh, Trev Alberts, the AD. And uh, Trev, you know, people tell me they like to hear stories. This is a good story. I was doing a game for ESPN, for ESPN.com, and part of the deal was we were ask, answering questions during the game. And I was out there, Utah versus uh, uh, somebody. And uh, th that same day, I talked to Urban Meyer, and he asked me, which would you take, Florida or Notre Dame? Right there in his office there. And I said, look, I hate for you to go to Florida, but you'd be crazy not to. But anyhow, I'm doing the game, and they had me down on the sideline. And, you know, the Mormon people aren't supposed to be drinkers or anything, and I don't know that these people were Mormons. I'm not going to typecast them, but they were yelling at me, hey, Trev, hey, Trev. 
They thought I was Cliff Alberts. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and I, I just waved to them and all because <coughs> the game was doing the game too, but they didn't know the difference between me and Trev Alberts. But they you should have shot him a finger. They'd be like, I can't believe Trev did that. Yeah, but those, I guarantee you, there are some people that have been served up there in that in that uh, that area, and uh, it, so. Uh, just one of the cleanest stadiums I've ever been in. You just ride a trolley car right up to it, too. It was awesome. It was it was a good experience. And uh, Utah uh, ended up being undefeated. They they went ahead and won the game out there. And uh, the 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 guy that uh, got hurt hurt his leg for the Redskins, the quarterback, Smith. and he was uh, he was outstanding. So, so much for that. People don't want to hear about it. But, uh, no, we always like the, the, the good stories. And, uh, uh, the reason Shannon was, was a good player. I used to go watch him play high school basketball at Norland High School. He really was a good player and uh, uh, ended up playing out as linebacker for Miami. Great. And then he ended up getting a Miami job. And uh, I'm not sure where, if he's at Florida State or where he is right now, but really good guy. So what we got next? Uh, some questions. I was thinking about uh, what Dane was talking about. You know, the players you could have lost. You can look at what's going on in Colorado. There, they... you talk about an avalanche. <laughs> I mean, he said that he was going to completely redo his roster, and he's keeping up. To, I mean, they, you know, they've got they had eighteen leave since Saturday, and then I think it's up to sixty some since. But fortunately for them. They can replace it. If they want to bring in 63 guys, they can do it. You know, that's what they did. They had that one uh, couple years blanket deal on COVID. As long as you stay at 85, you can get them any way you can. So there's going to be there's going to be a lot of uh, heeing and sheeing out there as far as between now and uh, and I guarantee you they're going to be working some guys. They better work pretty quick because that window is going to close. What is it, April 15th to April 30th? that they can be in the portal. Yeah, they got like five more days here. I guess they could sign later, but they can at least be in the put them put themselves in the portal prior right. to that. You so, can't yeah. get in the portal after a certain date though. Right. Roddy, you asked us what we had learned about Georgia. They're still probably the biggest question to me. And I'm thinking about this in part because I saw this clip the other day on Paul Feinbaum's show where he had one of the national talking heads giving Carson Beck Heisman hype, which to the extent that Georgia has a talented enough roster, that whoever the quarterback is probably is deserving of some Heisman hype. I understand that. I was that way with Stetson Bennett last year because I saw what he did against Alabama. JT JT was going to be a Heisman. He was preseason odds for for that. So, yeah, like that's that's just the nature of things. But I would kind of tell people to pump the brakes a little bit in the sense that we haven't seen Carson Beck do any of this. And I think he could very well be in that conversation. Absolutely. But, but I got to see it a little bit more. We saw it with Stetson in the national championship. It's, it's the same at all these big schools that have a strong quarterback. Ohio State, whoever the Ohio State quarterback is or whoever the Alabama quarterback is, they haven't even named him. They're going to put him in the rankings for Heisman talk just because, like you say, the system is going to have that guy as a 3,000-yard passer, you know, 30 touchdowns. So, like, well, I'll go ahead and pencil him in. I haven't, I haven't seen him complete a pass in regulation, but – Definitely number one guy. I mean, you know, Carson's got some good numbers from last year, so I can see it. But to me, you want to know what – I'll give you my two thoughts about what I learned this past uh, uh, spring. That's the whole reason you asked us, because you knew you wanted to come in with your team. So what a host host you are. uh, Lawson Lucky is not just a legacy. 
And a lot of people are like, oh, well, yeah, they got the Mike Lucky's kid. Uh, uh, probably the number one name I heard coming out of spring camp, Lawson Lucky, Lawson Lucky. Lawson. It wasn't like we didn't tell you before camp started, too. I'm, I'm just saying you did. You named it, but you still want to see it happen. And then you see what happens in the scrimmages, and you see what happens in the game, and you're like, okay, that's legit. That's then, an extra good point, too, though, with the legacy that Georgia just had transfer out. And Washington, Marcus Washington Jr. So, like, you don't get to play at Georgia. I'm going to Colorado. Name. You know, so yeah, you, you, that's true. And, um, you know, we've had people go, oh, well, Drew Bobo got on here just because, you know, Mike Bobo is his dad. I'm like, no, well, I've coached Drew Bobo or coached against Drew Bobo back in the day. He's, he's a good player. I've seen him at camps. He's, he, you're not, Kirby's not, Kirby has a lot of friends. He's not going to put all his friends' kids on his football team. It's just not going to happen, as you point out with Marcus Washington. Just quote from Kirby that uh, I'll share is, uh, you know, I like my friends, but I like my kids better. And talking about his own kids, and yeah. that's what he mean. He said, "I want to be able to support them, so I'm going to bring players in there going to win." <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, it's. It's a business, and Kirby's going to recruit the better player. How many guys we turned down legacy wise that yep. I ask about the really good players, but there's such a pool that we've got. If you see that uh, little piece on uh, on our site today where Jed Bay did a great job of giving an update of uh, where we stand with so many players around the country in this 24 class, and the thing that's very vivid there is how many guys or in different states that we're right in there with that, you know, five, 10 years ago, that wouldn't be the deal. You'd be recruiting Georgia and Florida and that'd be it. But we got guys, Texas and, uh, and uh, Arizona and Connecticut. I mean, they're all over everywhere, but we're, we're that kind of draw for them. And uh, it, we just got that national name. Now that brand that just attracts them and, these kids are looking at not only the winning part, but the way that they're going to the draft. Uh, I saw where Brent Rollins said that maybe next year we might have 19 guys drafted if everybody turns out the way they could. We could have eight to 10 this year based with 15 last year. That's a lot of players now. That's unprecedented. That's just psychotic to have that many guys available. <clears throat> and you mentioned, uh, so George goes after. Thing, no, no one was. What was your second thing on the defense? I, sorry, I I, the, no one complains about legacies when they were going after Justice Haynes. You know, like oh, well, he's just a he's just a legacy. Now they wanted him pretty bad, so so he's doing well at Alabama. But, that was one thing made me sick seeing Alabama the other day, seeing Downs and and uh, Haynes. There's two guys in our own state that, but you can't worry about it. That's just part of no. it. But, uh, this goes to show you that uh, as good a recruiters as we are, I mean, don't don't sleep on the on the the Nick Dater, man. He he's no. in the he's in the pinned up against the wall here, and he's got to try to find a way to get back on top. So uh, yeah, that's why he's got Jermaine Burton over there, you know. So uh, on defense, the one thing I learned is kind of going along your lines of the uh, craziness on the defense or the, uh, the in the draft. Watching those three new outside linebackers, Shadira Uzo Deribe, the three guys he signed, you know, Gabe Harris, Damon Wilson, and uh, Sam and Pimba, absolute men, men. And we had a kid who came to visit, and he's like, they got seventeen-year-olds out there. They look like they're thirty. You know, like yeah, you know, and. 
Uh, to your point, Coach, when you you look at those guys from all over the country, and what we used to do, we'd go to like the Corky Kell Seven on Seven or the Corky Kell Classic, you know, where all the teams in kind of the Atlanta metro area play each other. Not all of them, just a bunch of them. Big name schools playing against each other, and we would go come out of that with maybe 25, 30 interviews of guys Georgia was in on. Now we go to the Corky Hill Classic, which is even bigger than before. There's like three guys that we can interview, but we need to get a, we need to fly out to California. We need to fly out to Arizona. We need to fly out to Texas. We need to fly to Rhode Island. We need to fly to Arkansas. We need to fly all over the country to talk to kids because now Georgia is recruiting so much nationally instead of just in the, and I don't say just in the state, but it's just, it, you go down that roster and you start seeing all this. How many kids? We had a question on the board about where are all these kids getting the money to fly in from California that are visiting? You know, is that a rhetorical question? Not the guy who wanted to answer. He was wondering if it was like high school NIL. And I'm like, no, some of the parents have money to fly their kid in. But if it's not an official visit, you know, you got parents spending their own money to fly a kid across the country to visit Georgia. I mean, if there was an Aguero in Georgia, you'd recruit him. But he was way up there in the Northeast. And there ain't no Aguero around the country. Other, oh, man, that guy. Oof. Just saying, that's, that's that's the way it goes. Is, is he the day one starter at Star, Coach? This depends on uh, – you know, Ty Key's really improved. He, he, was a, he was a zone guy at West Virginia, and then he was starting to really come on strong, and then he tore his ACL. Uh, he's very uh, – crafty and knows how to do things, but Aguero is just so talented. I mean, you just have to see how that works, but he's in a lot better position to challenge after being here all uh, spring and uh, and summer. But that was the other thing that, that I'm, I meant to mention that I brought out to a couple of people I saw this weekend. It's just the, uh, the fact that these 21 plus the three transfers, new players were here to – understand what's expected out of them and, and know what they got to do between now and the fall after they've been through spring practice, man, uh, that is just so uh, critical to your team's success for as depth for as special teams. And uh, <coughs> we got some really good players that weren't out there the other day too. Michael Williams, uh, just unbelievable talented guy that, among the best players in the country will be there. Marvin Jones Jr. Uh, I saw him the other day and just amazing the way he looks compared to when he was here December 22 uh, being recruited. Uh, Scott Sinclair and uh, who's done a terrific job with him in the weight room. So uh, we got them. We got a lot of good players ready to go. Now what they got to do though is make that transition from looking good to making plays on the field. Well, speaking of making plays on the field, I want our friends to check out um, uh, Academia Brewing Company when you get a chance. They make fantastic beers. So you go in there, you'd say, look, I don't have a game plan. I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I'm not sure where where I'm going to get started. You know, don't worry about it. Just work down the list of uh, beers, work down the list of – the, the different options they have, you'll you, you can't go wrong. The food is fantastic. The ambiance is great. You know, you're like I, I didn't really have a. I heard about the potential, just like these guys. You know, when they first show up, you know, you think have a lot of potential. You will not have a bad time when you go by Academic Brewing Company, whether it be the car show, bike night, uh, 
whatever's going on. The, the food is fantastic. The beer is great and you'll absolutely love it. So hit them up when you get a chance. And speaking of when you're on that side of town, you're really close to Athens Ford. Athens Ford is right down the street. They got like 500 vehicles on the lot or right around that. And that's a ton of different options for you. Also, they've got a fantastic waiting room when you need to get your car serviced. They do. They uh, got snacks in there. Great uh, Starbucks coffee, uh, free drinks, uh, incredibly fast Wi-Fi. It's super clean. It's not like you go into a place you're like, I don't want to sit in that chair. I don't know who's been sitting there. It's incredibly nice, incredibly clean, incredibly comfortable. I've, I've worked out there while I was in my uh, car getting the oil changed or getting, you know, uh, something done on it. They do a fantastic job. They have a parts department. You know, if you want some custom accessories for your vehicle, you know, you want to trick it out a bit. They got that taken care of. So hit up our friends at Athens Ford. You will absolutely not regret your uh, your uh, idea to do so. Again, doing it on the field, as Coach says. That's exactly what uh, Athens Ford and Academia Brewing Company on the west side of Athens, both of them get it done when it counts. You know, under the bright lights, as Coach likes to say. Mayhem Matthew says that he likes smoke buoy at the star position. And I will be interested to see how smoke buoy gets incorporated into this defensive backfield. Yeah, I mean, uh, you would have thought with the experience that he got there at AM, similar system that he might be a little further along, but at the same time, it is a big transition going from one school to the next. Uh, you know, I think his size is something that's that he's got to play around a little bit. I, he's not as big a guy as we've had around here. Uh, so, but uh, deep down, you know, he's from Bainbridge, Georgia. And if there's any way he can play, Kirby's going to get him in there for sure. And Foster Moss reminds us that uh, Dan Jackson was buried on the depth chart, but obviously his experience is something that helps him that other players don't have. And I don't hear a lot about him anymore because he missed some time last year. Yeah, the thing about Dan Jackson, good point there, GM, that uh, we, we've got a situation there that this guy can play both safety positions, uh, has a tremendous uh, background in special teams. You saw him blocking punts, a great blocker on – on uh, punt returns, all those things that he does. And uh, I can see us uh, with our schedule, not bragging here, but being in a position of being way ahead that sometimes you're going to play not only a lot of nickel, but a lot of dime. And when you get to dime, when you got six defensive backs, then all of a sudden Dan gets in there and uh, you can use uh, Bullard in a lot of different positions. You know, maybe as one, you, you actually have two stars in the game, uh, two guys, you know, playing one on each side of the formation, and you can mix and match your coverages, your blitzes, everything. So uh, Dan Jackson is kind of like having uh, a uh, Brock Bowers on defense, you know, a Swiss Army knife guy that can do so many things. So, And then you got uh, David Daniels, good player too. I mean, he's really – playing uh, smart, physical. Uh, and nobody mentions Malachi Starks, one of the top freshman players in the country, enough because uh, he he still can get better. Now, he's got a lot to learn. He, you know, he played more in high school. He was a quarterback, uh, you know, and defensive back. But uh, I never will forget last spring, first day of spring practice, not this spring, two springs ago, uh, Will Muschamp came up to me and he said, watch this kid from Jefferson. You won't believe him. And uh, 
I said, look, I watched him in high school some night, but he said, he said, he'll be playing for us next year. Well, you saw the first game against Oregon, what he did. So usually these coaches don't go out on a limb unless they feel like it. they won't tell you any BS about it. But uh, the other thing that, that's really unreal for us is just the depth at inside linebacker. Just uh, players there. I, I mean, we got a lot of good talent there to go with uh, the, the people on the surrounding perimeter defense. So I think you build everything from inside out. So your middle of your defense uh, is going to be really strong, your leadership there. And uh, it's going to be great to uh, see how this defense plays. Coach, I'm glad you made a GM reference. It is a big week for me, obviously, with the NFL draft on Thursday. And a lot of dogs in this. Questions that we've had in the chat here. Uh, Phil Rogers says, Roddy, Coach Don, and how many dogs go in the first round? I'd say four, um, you know, maybe three. But uh, it just depends on where Darnell goes. But, uh, you know, you got to figure that Carter, Jones, and Smith are – are going to go and then Darnell is just a little bit the situation with him is, is there's other good tight ends, the Utah tight end, the, the, uh, so it depends on team needs and all, but I would say three to four, uh, Ringo probably not going in the first round, but definitely the first day, he'll be, excuse me, a, a, a second rounder for sure. What I really wanted to ask you about though, coach, because we've talked about the NFL Georgia potential a lot here on this YouTube channel. I saw the draft uh, Vegas odds. Bryce Young is still odds on favorite to go number one. I guess it was last night. Will Levis is now odds to go number two, which to me seems pretty outrageous, but I don't know if you hear anything in the coaching circles. You've been telling me all along that, Anthony Richardson and Will Levis are going to be valued by NFL teams because of their skill sets and their athleticism. Yeah, I think deep down, you got this one feeling that I have about Levis. He couldn't start for Penn State. So, and there's there's been guys that transfer and all, you know, hey, Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, those guys transfer and, and Jalen Hurts. But, uh, you know, I just uh, – I don't know. Uh, and a lot of it, he had an offensive line that wasn't that great. But uh, I, I would whole lot rather play against him than play with him myself. The other name I've seen jump up draft boards is Paris Johnson, which Georgia had a pretty good game against him in the semifinal. Yeah, he just got such a good skill set to go with his uh, physical ability, uh, size, girth, everything. But got great feet and maybe a little bit better run blocker than Broderick. I don't think as good a pass blocker as he is. So uh, you got to figure both those guys going to go high, but uh, two really stallion offensive linemen. I have to come clean. I doubted Paris Johnson. <laughs> When uh, we had a winter camp in North Carolina and guys were just zipping by him and he had these tiny little ankles and I'm like, man, this kid is overrated. Yeah, I was wrong. You know, I think that's a good point. Uh, the, these camps are, are good in a lot of ways, but you know, without pad zone and without uh, 
you know, you you know, the guy knows that, that there's it's not going to be a run. He's he's rushing the passer. He's he's got a jet stance there to you know racehorse run in there and rush it. It, it puts a lot of pressure on those old linemen trying to block those rushers. So, uh, uh, but at the same time, you, you get a good look at how their feet, how they yeah. can react to different things. And some of them take it by the horns and block even better. But uh, I tell you, I'm, I'm pretty much getting tired of all this pre-draft info. Uh, it's time to see what happens here. And I'm uh, looking forward to Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. It should be a great week for the dogs and uh, – and we didn't mention Richardson there. Uh, I didn't follow up on it, but uh, going back and watch some of his games, uh, particularly last year, the second game against Kentucky, time after time he had guys open, even at the end of the game when they went for it uh, back on their own 30-yard line and uh, he had a guy in the flat and he threw it behind him. His accuracy has got to be a lot better in the pros, but you know, he's a workout marvel with all the stuff he did, all the train, you know, it's all the different stats that he puts up. It, the potential there is unbelievable. Uh, uh, whether he goes early or not, whoever gets him, you know, might go with a team that already has a quarterback. But uh, what's going to be interesting for me is will the Colts take him? Because whoever the quarterback's going to be is going to be the Colts guy is going to be the guy that's going to play. So you got to think about it like this. Richardson hadn't played much football, and now all of a sudden if he's the fourth guy and goes in there with the Colts, he's going to have to be the guy without much experience. But, you know, the quarterback coach that's now the head coach that was uh, was at under uh, Eagles there, he's the coach, and he's coached really good quarterbacks. Hurts, he had <coughs> Herbert as uh, – at the uh, Chargers, uh, so he likes those kind of guys. So he might go with Richardson. Uh, we'll see how that works, and we'll see who picks up Carter. Uh, uh, you know, he's had a lot of different people analyzing him, but when you put the tape on, there's not anybody pro or college that got much of that skill set that he has. No, they do not. Uh, you're talking about quarterbacks, coach. We have a question from Big Sky Dog, and of course, there's a lot of questions about uh, quarterbacks because that's. Uh, I guess the thing on everybody's mind. Uh, Big Sky Dog says, if you were a betting man, who would you put your money on to start a quarterback? Who fits what Mike Bobo has in mind? And I think you mean for Georgia? Yeah, for Georgia. I'd say all three of them do. Uh, they all got good good uh, minds. They can uh, process stuff. They, they got good arms. They're accurate. So uh, Mike's kind of blended in with the philosophy that uh, Kirby's brought in here under Bucking. So I don't know how much of a change there'll be once we start playing games, but uh, I would say all three of them can easily fit into that, but okay, we, we'll just have to see uh, how they do in the fall. But uh, certainly Beck's got a leg up with his experience and he had a good spring. So did Vandergriff. He didn't have quite as good a game in the spring as, did, but uh, he wasn't doing some of the things that he does better. So uh, we got a good situation there. There's a lot of teams that like to have uh, Vandergriff in the SEC as their quarterback <laughs> that uh, he could be starting for. So we got a good situation there. Yeah, I think that's Big Sky's way of saying, you know, who fits what Mike Bobo has in mind is kind of uh, people are trying to look for anything that sets one guy apart from anybody else. Nice try, Big Sky. Nice it's, try. 
It was a good question. Uh, is that guy from Montana or something? Big Sky? I don't know. Hey, Big Sky, if you're, uh, let us know in the comments if you would, uh, where you're from. I'm assuming it's Montana or something like that. Uh, one last NFL draft question that I had for you, Coach, because you're one of the few people that may be in position to answer this with some actual certainty. It's been a legend on the dog event for a long time that the Atlanta Falcons do not like drafting Georgia players. Now, if you look at the numbers, it doesn't seem like they draft a whole lot, at least early, maybe later. Was that a thing that ever came up when you were a coach at Georgia or in the years since that Georgia and the Falcons just aren't on the same page? You know, uh, when I was here, Dan Reeves was the coach, and he couldn't have been nicer to me on and off the field. I mean, he invited us over to the camp. Uh, we could go over there and watch tape. Back then, he didn't have the ability to send it over computers like they do now. With all these, you know, this guy was telling me the other day he watched the Georgia Tech spring game. I said, well, why did you watch that? He said, well, I just wanted to watch it. But, I mean, they got that over there at UGA. I mean, that's just everybody's got everybody else's tape. But Dan Reeves uh, was a classy guy, and he, you know he made it made us feel like hey, he wanted us to uh, be over there. He came and spoke at one of my clinics, and uh, did a great job talking about his his uh, background in the state of Georgia and how much it meant for him to uh, have that kind of relationship with us. And then you know uh, the Smiths were the owners in Rankin Smith and. Son, everything they were good. I mean, sent me some Super Bowl tickets. I mean, we, I don't know. We didn't. They didn't really take them. I mean, they took Fitzpatrick last year, right? Yeah. Uh, um, and, and they took. They picked up, uh, right, they picked up Schaefer. Schaefer. Right? Yeah, I say Justin. Yeah. So uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what their plan is. I don't know that general manager they got now or or the coach. Uh, and so we'll just have to see, but. Uh, it's typical of somebody like Roddy to blame it on the Falcons. You know, it's their damn fault. <laughs> I've been following that damn team since I could go have you could you could go sit down with the players and follow the like I like to see take Nolan Smith and eight. That'd be good. Take him, yeah, take him. Hey, get somebody get Jeff Van Note on the phone. Love I it. think Jeff Van Note's another guy that that I just love. That uh, a UK guy. You know, he loved. Kentucky. Oh, he did. He loved his community. He, he, was, uh, he had one of his line coaches at the Falcons was uh, coached with me, Larry Bechtel. And uh, we used to tell Bechtel stories. And Bechtel would say, I tell you one thing, big guy, you got to line up there with a good point your toes in and go on the snap count and bite them in the balls. <laughs> 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 with that now, fans, I want. That's what he, said. he said, "I want a fifty defense." You got me. He's talking to the scout team guy. If you're listening to the audio of this, you got to go to YouTube and see the facial expression that goes with that voice. That really makes this impression. It yeah. does. It does. So our, our so podcast listener, be sure to check out our YouTube yeah, channel. Working, uh, working for Lou Holtz at uh, Arkansas, and you know, the year before Lou. Uh, they played in the bowl game, and they played, and Lou was mic'd up. And so he was actually the, – the NBC could get Lou saying stuff, you know, during the game. But they were really good about not using a lot of it. And so the next year, Beck said – told me the story. He said, Lou, I'm going to ask you one question here before the bowl game. He said, what's that, Beck? He said, 
are you going to be mic'd up, big fella? And they said, I'm not sure. But if you are, I'm not going. <laughs> <laughs> he said, that puts a lot of pressure over me on the sideline. You know, I can't approach with you in that microphone. <laughs> this is a new bag for you, Coach. I didn't know you had the impressions in your game. Yeah, I got yeah, Rich Little here. I got Joe Paterno. I got I got them all. Yeah, your Joe Paterno and Steve Spurrier are pretty too damn spot on. I, I like them both. I have to get you and Stinch calm together and just let y'all have have the voice battle. Hey, he he's got he's got a lot more than me. Yeah, he's got some good ones there. I'm going to take a quick break here and mention our friends over at uh, Dead Soxie. I want you to try them out. Okay. Our friends at Dead Soxie have been sponsoring the show for quite some time. They make great red and black socks. They make very, very comfortable socks. They don't slide down your legs. And if you have big fat calves like me and you feel like you'll constantly have to pull your dress socks up, you don't have to worry about that with our friends from Dead Soxie. They don't slide down. They have the true state technology. They're incredibly soft, incredibly comfortable, and they last a long time. So, when you are looking to get some new dress socks for the office, some lucky socks for a Georgia game day, or hell, you just want to get some as a gift for somebody. Uh, you know, uh, Mother's Day is coming up. Father's Day will be here before long. You know, you got an anniversary, I mean, you know, a work anniversary for somebody. It's like, what, what the mother, this guy's been here 10 years. What, what are we going to do for him? Get him something that makes his life comfortable at work. You know, you, uh, but the point is, if you're buying somebody socks, you're like, man, God, that's boring. Who the hell wants to get socks? They come really packaged really nice because these are high quality socks. They have high quality packaging and it makes it feel like you're getting a nice gift. You know, you open it up and the presentation is great. The box is great. The wrappings, and the paper, all that stuff is really cool. So you actually feel like you're getting something nice. You know, it's better than a, a pen set that they're going to lose, you know, and you don't want to you know go spend 300 bucks on a watch or something like that. Check out our friends at Dead Soxy. You will absolutely love it. And again, if you're a dog fan, you got to try the red and black ones. But they have, of course, all sorts, uh, all other types. But try out Dead Socks if you need a chance. Also, I want to mention our friends at Prime Shrimp. Now, the Prime Shrimp, I keep having people go, what, what is that shrimp company? It's called Prime Shrimp. And the reason we have them on our show, the reason they, you know, we promote them is because they hit us up one day and said, well, hey, we'd like to send you some free shrimp. See what you think. I'm like, okay. So all of a sudden the box shows up, I open it up, there's dry ice in there. I start playing with the dry ice, take out the shrimp, put it in my freezer. The next day I take out a uh, pot, put boiling water in it, or put water in it, boil it, drop one of these packets of shrimp in there, take it out. And it was just their plain shrimp. I'm like, I just, I'm going to try your plain shrimp. Let's see what you can do uh, with without any seasoning. Let's see how good the shrimp is. It's fantastic. Then I tried the uh, Cajun shrimp. You know, then I tried the uh, uh, French Quarter Alfredo shrimp. The point is these, the different flavors they have at Prime Shrimp are fantastic. You will absolutely love them. It's the easiest way to order shrimp. It's the easiest way to cook it. You will not have better tasting shrimp anywhere. So hit up their friends at Prime Shrimp. With Prime Shrimp and Dead Soxy, use promo code UGA Sports. We put both of those together because it's the same promo code. Try both of them. You'll get a discount on Dead Soxy, and you'll get a discount on Prime Shrimp if you use promo code UGA Sports. Right. Roddy, I know you're going to handle a lot of the questions today just from yep. some that were backlogged on Facebook. But before we get to that, I'll sneak in just two names that popped up on the uh, YouTube chat over here. Coach, updates wanted on Andrew Paul with his injury. That question from Robbie Dodson Jr. And then also Greg Hendricks asked, how is Dylan Fairchild doing? Well, Andrew Paul, uh, running back from Texas, uh, had his 
ACL last fall camp. Has had a really good rehab. Uh, did a good job, as we've mentioned, <coughs> you know, mentally uh, and keeping up with everything throughout fall camp. Uh, and in spring, he dressed out. Uh, couldn't do anything live, but he did a lot of drills. Uh, got good hands. Will be a big part of our offense next year. Really a, a good player. A lot like Kenny McIntosh type player. Uh, hope he's as good at catching the ball as Kenny, but uh, I'm happy about him. Dylan is a, a good player. Uh, kind of got caught in a situation where they got so many good players uh, in the offensive line and, uh, you know, like Ratledge and Truss, and uh, but he he's a very physical guy and uh, works hard and will be a good backup for us. And that was actually we had a uh, Kyle B. Uh, had, a, had a question about Dylan Fairchild. He says, "Where is Dylan Fairchild?" I was really excited about his signing, so that answers Kyle's question. But Kyle had a his first question was, "Why doesn't uh, Amarius Mims move to left tackle?" I thought that's where you put your best offensive lineman. Well, a lot of times that's true because of the backside protection, but we, we're we not a complete drop-back team that, that's our number one deal. But you, you got to look at the, the strength of having Mims and Ratlick side-by-side, the power that they give you uh, in the run game. Uh, and it would be different if we didn't have uh, a, a solid guy over there in green and Blasky then you're moving, but he's so good at right tackle that uh, there's not enough of a drop-off to uh, make that move, I don't think. Uh, let me just tell you right now, I'm on, I'm not going out on a limb or anything, but uh, Green, uh, I'm just, Green is probably as good a young run blocker that we've had around here. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about Andrew Thomas, all those guys. He's very much ahead of the game with his run block, and he's got to get better pass pro, but that's typical of anybody. You got to learn. All of a sudden, you're blocking against Nolan Smith and all these guys coming off the edge, but that makes you get better. But Ernest Green is the real deal. <laughs> With Mims, what I was told, it's kind of like a basketball player that prefers one side or the other to drive to the lane. That he's just he's better with his right step than he is his left step. And like Coach said, if you have other people that can do the left step on the other side, then let him be awesome with that right step on the right side. Yeah, I don't think think they gave him enough uh, reps over there to really develop because you had Broderick Jones over there, and if you're going to have a situation. They would rather put McClendon over there and let Mim step in at right tackle if an injury. So they worked McClendon and Jones a lot more at left tackle. He's he's just established there, and uh, it's a real good question based on uh, you know that philosophy of your best guy. But uh, I don't think it's so much that he's not as good as Green and Blasky as is he's really good at right tackle. His confidence level. I saw him the other night. Uh, got a smile on his face, uh, just uh, big time. I mean, he's he's got a good chance of going really high next year. And uh, he's a great example for all of these guys thinking about the portal. Hey, the grass isn't always greener after you've been in that portal and then get back to Georgia, you're really happy. I mean, projecting a year ahead, you're probably looking at Mims and Bowers being Georgia's top two picks in whatever order that, that flips into. Well – you got to think that that's going to be pretty high there, uh, certainly Bowers, but 
I'm about ready to – Mims has got to go on and earn it, but he certainly got all the tools to, to be there, and uh, hopefully he will be. But we want to be all conference and do the job and uh, and make it make it happen. Ratledge could come out too. I mean, huge guy and uh, just uh, got good feet and uh, hard to get a guy like him as smart as he is and uh, – just really, uh, he, he's going to be high draft too. I draft him just on his hair alone. Uh, we got a question from Barking Bill. Says uh, Coach Kirby Smart seemed to be concerned about the tackling. How do you work on tackling when you've already lost three players this spring? And that was a question from a couple weeks well, ago. I mean, that's a good question too because you, you kind of in a perplexing situation. The new rules you can't tackle in practice like you normally do in the fall, and that's good to protect for concussions. They they came out with these surveys that you had more concussions in the spring because people aren't worried as much about injury, so they do more physical contact. So they made these rules that you couldn't have but three full contact scrimmages. You couldn't do but so much contact in practice, which is good because you can teach a lot doing that, what they call thud, where you do everything but put them on the ground. Uh, we do a lot of these tackling drills where they'll get these big tires and they'll hit them and roll them over and then, land on a uh, like a gymnastics ma- or mat or a uh, something you would see on a pole vault or something like that, you know, they, a soft landing. But um, it's still nothing like full speed tackling, which you got to do and which you hold your breath as a coach because, uh, as I mentioned in that little deal about what can happen between that now and next year, uh, an injury is, is the other thing that I didn't mention, but uh, – your tackling is just technique, but uh, it's hard to teach it just going soft and not putting them on the ground. So, uh, like a couple things that we do teaching our guys is we'll put people on the uh, two-yard line with their toes on the two and put the uh, defensive player with their heels on the goal line and they'll put their helmets together and then they'll blow the whistle and then the guy will wrap him up and it'll keep him from, you know, so you've, you've eliminated the contact part of it, but you're teaching the force and the drive for the back and the, and the contact part for the defensive players out of the way, but the finish part. And oh, it's a very competitive drill that teaches you how to keep your feet under you and finish the tackle and, and lets the back or the tight end or the receiver develop that push that you got to have to get it across. And, or they'll do a sideline angle tackle where they'll have the guy with a dummy uh, hand shield that'll be running, and the guy will run, and he'll angle and put his head across the bow, what we say to speak, and make that hit, you know, and wrap him up. But there's nothing like putting them on the ground. So uh, good question. But uh, I'd love I'd love to see or listen to Kirby Smart. We we're talking about that drill when they're just inches apart trying to drive each other back. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's getting a little uh, little incentive there. Another thing we do, which I like, is they'll put the uh, b- both players on their back, uh, and then they'll blow the whistle, and the, they got to get up, and then the guy make the tackle. So you eliminate the uh, running and the force, you know, but the quickness of of being knocked around or something, and then making the tackle. So a lot of good little drills that Kirby has. I give you the Nicobe Dean one there. Um, we got a pretty good question here. Want to know what really happened? But I'm gonna save that until we come back from a quick commercial break. What really happened? What? You'll you'll see in just a second. They're, they're, they want they want the scoop, Coach. So we'll ask about that. 
Uh, speaking of scoop, I want you to scoop by uh, our friends over at Your Pie. It's Double Points Tuesday. Go ahead and order your pizza. And you can order for later in the week. If you don't want pizza today, you want to get it tomorrow, you want to get a salad, or you want to get uh, their specialty pastas or their uh, sandwiches. The sandwiches are fantastic out there. Or you want to try that avocado bacon club with the avocado alfredo spread, the mozzarella, the Roma tomatoes, the spinach, the onions, the ham, the bacon, the chicken. Uh, if you want to get that avocado bacon club, get that one, order it today, pick it up tomorrow, pick it up Thursday, but go ahead and do it on the Your Pie app today. Get double points. The points add up very fast for free salads, free breadsticks, free uh, drinks, free chips, free sandwiches, free pizzas, uh, free gelato. Check it out at our friends at Your Pie. Uh, huge, huge Georgia fans there. And shout out to our friends down in the uh, LaGrange uh, store where we know that they tune in every week and listen to us. Also want to mention our friends at My Perfect Franchise, uh, Andy Ludecki out there. This is a guy who, you know, he left corporate America about 10 years ago to pursue his dream of, you know, personal and financial freedom through owning a franchise. His first franchise, which he still owns today, was Synergy Home Care. And since they took the plunge into owning a franchise, he's uh, opened up the Big Red Dumpster Company, the Big Red Red Reed Heads, Porta Potties. And the Big Red Gutter Company, uh, he uses those experience and his knowledge of the franchise landscape to help other people uh, diversify their portfolio, get out of the corporate rat race, uh, and just improve their financial uh, trajectory. And he can help you, and it doesn't cost you anything. It's a no-brainer. So check out our friends at MyPerfectFranchise.net. Reach out to Andy, and he will take great care of you. Now the real story, the scoop. The, the scoop. This guy, uh, he has a good question here. He says, uh, uh, from Delmonico. He says that's a family name. Delmonico says, Coach, what really happened between JT Daniels and Stetson Bennett? And Carson, can Carson Beck get the job done if needed, or is Brock the next man up? I guess he's kind of going back to the whole JT Daniels was a starter, then Brock was Carson Beck was the second guy, then Stetson gets it. So now that two of those guys are gone, he wants to know what really happened and basically, I guess, why Carson Beck wasn't automatically ahead of Stetson. Well, everybody knows JT got hurt. Right. When we had, uh, you know, he played against Vanderbilt and then we're getting ready to play uh, UAB. And uh, I don't know exactly what happened that week, but Kirby decided that that he wanted to go with Stetson. I don't know what the reason was. I never have asked him, but uh, the rest is history. Stetson went by the horns. But uh, I guess that uh, maybe that uh, Stetson looked better in practice or, you know, he wanted to go with a more established veteran or I don't know what it was, but uh, he definitely made the right choice. I mean, I can tell you, we reported on UGASports.com at the time, and that's it. Carson Beck wasn't very good that practice, and so he went with Stetson Bennett because of his experience. He'd, he'd done it before. and that, The Arkansas game where he came it in. Went, it went from there. You know all that stuff that I don't know. That's why you're the GM. That's just what we reported on the site then, and I felt right. like we were pretty honest and upfront about it. Well, well man, I got more info than I do, but uh, I did want to mention one thing today here kind of on a ser emotional thing. Uh, Coach Pat Watson was a lifelong friend of mine. and We coached together in North Carolina, and then uh, he coached here for me for a year and a half, and then unfortunately had a heart attack. He passed away in 1998. And uh, his wife, Freddie B., who was a consummate coach's wife, uh, just like all of us, uh, you know, was at several places, uh, North Carolina, Virginia Tech, Texas, Georgia Tech here. 
and had a tremendous family or uh, Cal, her son, and uh, Jane and uh, Philippite, uh, who is uh, Jane's husband, is a good friend of Kirby, was a, from Bainbridge and had a, was a fraternity brother of his. But unfortunately, uh, Freddie B. passed away uh, on Monday after seven-year battle with cancer. And uh, she loved Georgia. She loved being here. She continued to live here after Pat died and uh, came to a lot of the games and was a good friend of mine. And, you know, we had three families together there at North Carolina that did everything together, Jim Dickey and his wife and me and Mary and Pat and Freddie B. And uh, now I'm the only one left. So uh, tough deal. Uh, our uh, condolences and prayers go out to the family because um, when you have lifelong friends like that, it's just you, you, you love that the, the all the opportunities you had to be together, but it just hurts so much more when you're that close to them and they leave. So. Right, right. This stuff. All right, Coach, I know we, uh, we you need to get out of here, so we're going to let you go do your stuff. But um, this way, uh, I always want to mention one other guy today. I was uh, over there uh, like I am several days a week at Chick-fil-A, and I saw a good friend of Georgia and uh, just a heck of a Georgia bulldog from uh, down in Lincoln area. Uh, uh, Eddie Drinker was just a big supporter of Georgia football and uh, still is and all he wanted to do was ask me about the players just like he normally did. But uh, great friend of Steve Greer used to take him hunting everywhere. And uh, his brother does a great job out of the club here as the uh, groundskeeper and just uh, unbelievable the way he keeps that place up. So shout out to Eddie. And uh, he was bragging about uh, helping us recruit Garrison Hurst. So, uh, <laughs> so much work. But uh, we, know, we know Coach Ellis did that down there. And, uh, what a great record they got down there. Just so many wins at that program. And uh, a lot of good people in Georgia that supported me doing the same thing. So that's one of the reasons why I like to be able to share a few things here on this show. Just uh, the show is to uh, see our friends out there that, that, you know, you just don't take those for granted, but don't take life for granted either. No, sir. I thought you were going to talk about the women's tennis team winning the SEC. Hey, how, about that? how about those girls and the boys were close? Yes. I mean, we had four match points, but the girls, uh, you know, weren't, weren't supposed to beat A&M. And uh, I tell you, Coach Wallace, 38 years now, uh, he and, and Manny just keep on delivering. We, we got a chance. We're in the top five in both men's and women's. Might be able to do it. And, of course, baseball, softball, kicking butt this weekend. And, Feel like track's going to have a good spring and uh, go dogs. Yes, sir. All right. Speaking of going, we're, we're taking off and we will see you folks next Tuesday at noon. Take care. We'll see you later. <laughs>